I'm Robbie Burns. And I'm Craig McClellan, and this is the Class Nerd Podcast. Connecting teachers to the productive world of apps. Robbie, this uh, this episode, it's dropping on my first day of school. We're recording a little bit in advance of that, but uh, I'm, I'm a bit in a crazy overwhelmed mode. Uh, what's new with you? What overwhelms me in the summer uh, takes a little bit less than in the school year. Uh, there's a relative sanity surrounding me, so uh, I might say that my greatest struggle this week was uh, my scanner. <laughs> What's uh what's going on with your scanner, Robbie? Well, uh my hardware scanner is broken. It uh does not feed paper smoothly and uh, I'm afraid that I'm going to have to sit on hold with Fujitsu sometime next week. That is unfortunate, but it does provide a great transition into our topic for this week. So, uh thank you for letting your pain be useful for our show. This week we're talking about going paperless, and uh, I feel like that's actually kind of been a theme throughout everything we've done so far in this semester of the Class Nerd podcast. We've talked about communicating with your team and using technology to do that. Um, we've talked about collaborating on documents. We've talked about taking notes and storing information that way. We've talked about lesson planning and how we do that on computers, and and that really replaces the paper-based systems that we used to use to do these things. And so because this has kind of been an undercurrent of the whole semester, we wanted to fully flesh out more ways to help you go paperless in your classroom. Yeah, I think there's almost like a literal sense of going paperless where not not just sort of speaking more broadly to the idea of storing data in a digital system like a computer, um, but more specifically thinking about, okay, what are things that I do with a paper and pencil and how can something like a tablet and iOS software now make that process easier in one way or more? So uh, the first thing that we're going to talk about is how we get documents into our devices. We're going to talk about scanning, which I know might be a little bit of a pain point for you right now with a broken scanner, but... Can you tell us about some tools that we can use to do that? Yeah, there are actually a lot of really great ones that are in some respects better than my scanner. Well, we're actually going to talk about my scanner in just a moment. Um, but first, I wanted to talk about a few apps that are actually uh, ranging in cost from free to relatively cheap that can fulfill the function of a really, really great scanner. Now, scanning is interesting. You know... <laughs> As teachers, we can't really avoid the paper that is external. Like, people are going to be using paper... Nonstop. Nonstop. <laughs> Just for, nonstop. For the foreseeable future. And no matter how much work you do as a teacher to keep all of your data starting and ending on a computer, um, external paper is a thing. And so we need to talk about how to get it into... Your system, And when I say system, I just mean whatever type of digital workflow you use to get documents in a computer. So the first of the apps we're going to talk about today is called Scannable. And Scannable piggybacks off of our note-taking episode from a few weeks back. Scannable is an Evernote-owned app. They actually developed this app for iOS. And what it is is it's a standalone free scanning app for the iPhone that functions as a way to get paper 
and to your computer. And I'm, some of the features of this actually are similar to the ones we're going to talk about in a moment. So I'll kind of give you the overview of what a scanning app can do. So the idea is that I can take my phone, launch the scanning app, and then the moment that Scannable is opened, it is looking for something that is shaped like a document. So what I do is as soon as I tap the icon, I hold it over a piece of paper. And then what it does is it detects the edges of that page and creates a snapshot. And what Scannable will then do is it will take that image and it will realign it. Like if I took that picture from a slight angle, it will realign it so that all of the edges are square in the frame. And then it will actually realign the text of the document so that what you actually see on the screen looks almost exactly as clean as if the person who handed you that paper had emailed you the PDF document. And what Scannable can then do is it can actually uh, make the text of that document searchable. And of course, using the share sheet, you can share it to any application like your notes app. Now, of course, Scannable is made by Evernote. So if you're using Evernote as a paperless system for grabbing random scraps of receipts and of documents and meeting notes and lesson plans, then what it's going to do is it's going to, without, I actually don't think there are any taps you have to do. I think the moment that you basically say save, it automatically saves that document as a text searchable note in your Evernote account. Now you can actually, before you do that step, you can do some editing. You can, uh, if the edges are not detected correctly, you can grab the corners and the edges and kind of like drag them around with your thumb on the screen. You can reorder the pages. You can choose actually, do I want this to be a black and white or a grayscale document? Or do I want it to look more or less like the picture was taken? So with the entire range of color that was in the shot when you took it. So that's more or less what a scanning app does. Scannable's feature set is fairly limited, but if you are using Evernote, it is, I would argue that it is the fastest and most efficient way to get documents from a desk into a computer database. Yeah, uh, back when I was storing things in Evernote, I had Scannable right on the home screen of my iPhone. Um, it, it was really handy. Uh, but currently on the home screen of my iPhone is ScanBot. This is the iOS app that I use for scanning with my iPhone. Um, and can I just say, first of all, like that it's amazing that we have computers that can fit in our pockets that have a good enough camera attached to them that we can scan documents and OCR them on there. Like it, it really is amazing that, that we can do this with just this little thing that fits in our pocket. It's insane. Yeah. Um, ScanBot, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because it has a lot of the features that you mentioned in Scannable, but the things that I like about it are, um, there are two main things that really separate it from Scannable and, uh, another app that Robbie, you're going to talk about in a minute. Um, the first is for naming files. Um, ScanBot has a system called tokens. So when you go to name a file after you've created it, it looks at a lot of different things. It looks at what's today's date, and you can insert the date onto that file, which is generally pretty important for um, for locating documents later. Um, so uh, you can insert it in a lot of different formats, whether it's year first or just as the date written out. It also looks at your calendar and for events on there. So if it's something that comes from a meeting, if it's notes from a meeting or something, you can just use the name of that meeting in there. Um, 
it uses uh, frequently used words. You can create your own tokens if that if there are words that you regularly want to put into files. And it just makes the naming portion of files go way faster um, because a lot of times in your systems for organizing them, you want to have good file names. So that's one. The other thing that I like about it is it doesn't just use the share sheet to share documents, you can actually connect it to certain services. So because as I've shared many times before, my school is a Microsoft school. Um, we have OneDrive as our storage system. I can designate a particular folder in my OneDrive and it signs in through OneDrive's API and connects automatically. I've got an inbox folder in my OneDrive account that that I can tap one button in ScanBot when I'm done with the document and it will send it there. And then later I can go back and process it and move it to the folder or destination that I want it in. So that is super nice that you can pick, I think Evernote, it can do that with Evernote. It can do it with um, Google Drive, with um, Dropbox, all sorts of different file storage systems. But it that's really handy to me. One of the other things I like about ScanBot and also our next app of choice, which is going to be Scanner Pro, is that these more pro scanner apps integrate with iCloud Drive. And if uh, you are using a Mac, this is really useful because one of the real big pain points about this process is that I often want to work with these documents on my Mac, but the phone is the most portable, tactile device to be actually holding over paper it also has the best camera so sometimes i'm going to talk about a number of ways that you can get stuff out of scanner pro and into one of these apps but if you really don't want to fuss over this both of these apps when you finish saving the document will actually insert the copy of that scan into a folder in your icloud drive called scanbot or scanner pro and from there all you have to do is Go to your computer and go to the finder and look in that folder. And that document is just sitting there waiting for you. Now, Scanner Pro is more or less, um, it's got a lot of the same features that you just mentioned in ScanBot. It doesn't have those really nice naming features. Uh, it does have a couple of them, but it's not quite as smart about like what's going on in your calendar. Uh, it does have a couple of like little date and time tokens. But what I really like about scanner pro is it has a couple of neat features one of the features it has is it can look in your photo roll your camera roll and it can find things that look like documents now sometimes you just really are in a quick hurry you need to take a picture of someone's wi-fi code on their router or you're at a meeting and you just really need to snap a quick picture of a document or you like see a poster in someone's classroom you like and you want to take a quick snapshot of that and a lot of times the camera itself on your iphone is the fastest way to do that well scanner pro actually looks in your camera roll and finds documents that it might want to import and create as pdf documents which is kind of nice now my favorite feature of scanner pro is its workflows and a workflow is more or less a string of different actions that can happen all in one tap. So I can do one-step actions like you were talking about with scanner with ScanBot, things like send this document to Evernote, send it to Dropbox. But what you can also do, you can determine a specific path to the exact folder you want something to go into. So let's say that um, for me, I scan a lot of music. 
in these apps. So let's say that I want a scan to go directly into a shared Google Drive folder with my music team. That is where we keep all of our sheet music. But I also want to send a backup copy to my Evernote. And let's just, for the fun of it, say that I also want to email that to a colleague, even though that's highly illegal. Don't do that, please. Uh, I would create a three-step action in Scanner Pro that would basically be step one, saves the document into that specific folder of my Google Drive. Step two, saves it to Evernote. Step three, sends it in an email to this person. And you can even get really fiddly, like you can have it add specific tags to the Evernote note, all that kind of stuff. So I really dig the workflows. Um, it's a cool app. I kind of alternate between Scanner Pro and ScanBot these days, but right now Scanner Pro is sitting on my home screen. All right, Robbie, we have we've talked about apps. I hate to to bring up some. I hate to bring up something emotional for you, but let's talk about our physical scanners. All right. Well, I I don't have as much to say about this. I mean, the Fujitsu ScanSnap is my scanner of choice, and if you have a couple hundred dollars to drop, or if even better, if you actually have some money for your department, this is I, I fortunately teach in a scenario where we have a lot of support from our parents and from our administration. And it is not uncommon that there is a little bit of extra money in the banana stand. And this, <laughs> this is, uh, uh, it's think about Fujitsu scan snap. The next time there's some extra money in that banana stand, or if you are a big nerd and have a couple hundred bucks to spend. My my fond memory of the Fujitsu was about five or six years ago. I bought one of these and I had these orange like milk crates of documents I had basically kept from my four years of undergraduate college career. And uh, what I did was I basically stayed up really, really late one night and I scanned every single one of these documents into Fujitsu ScanSnap. Uh, it can scan up to, at least my version, can scan up to about 30 pages at once, front to back. It's a one-button press. And then it converts all of those documents into a text-searchable PDF that in one click can be saved to my hard drive, uploaded to my Dropbox, saved to Evernote, you name it. Yeah, I have a, the... Uh... Fujitsu ScanSnap uh, iX500, which is kind of the big daddy of them, and uh, that the main thing that I use it for is if it's more than five or six pages, then I will put it in the ScanSnap instead of doing ScanBot because it goes so quickly through. Especially, you know, if I've got something that's twenty pages front and back, that would take me four. That'd be forty pictures I have to take with my iPhone, and I'm just not gonna do that so um i'll throw it in the scan snap and it'll be done in a minute maybe you know so it's so so helpful for that the um the model that i have can scan over wi-fi um which is really nice and it, there's an ios app that you can use the one unfortunate thing is if your school's wi-fi is crazy like mine and most devices can't get on it um i actually as much as I would like to scan straight to iOS and use their app, I have to plug it up to my school-supplied Dell laptop via USB and save to OneDrive that way because I can't do it the way I want. Um, but it's still so much faster than anything else. 
Yeah, I'm with you there. That's the model I have too. Um, I really like it. So once you get all of these nice, pretty new scans onto your hard drive, there's, I think it's important to talk about organizing them. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can think about paper. We, we talked about it in an earlier episode. I think it was in our notes episode. We discussed a little bit the difference between a document that's in progress versus something that's more of a note. And for me, things like meeting notes, things that I'm not really going to edit, that I'm just simply going to reference, always go into some sort of note-taking application. So for me, I, I like to dump a lot of these types of things into Evernote where I can really easily search them by text, but where they're not really clouding up my file app or my hard drive of my Mac. Uh, and I do like this method because for me, files are things that are more like in progress. They're things that I organize by folders into projects and with tags. And, you know, for me, a, a classic example I use as a music educator is a concert program is something that's going to be constantly revised and edited. So it lives in the finder. Whereas meeting notes from last September's eighth grade team meeting, I just need to have them on reference. Those are going to go into Evernote, not sitting in some sort of file. And, that, and that's just a personal preference of mine. So once I get things into a file system, I, I typically have a few apps that I organize them in. Uh, thank goodness for the Files app on iOS. Because now, finally, my file system is relatively the same in terms of organizational structure on iOS as it is on Mac. And I can get to my Dropbox and my Google Drive documents, although it's a real headache to get to my Google Drive documents from the Files app. <laughs> on iOS. So I have to keep the Google Drive app on my home screen of my iPad still, uh, just mostly for searching for documents and finding them more easily. Um, but that app really is awesome. It shares my tags between both devices. I can now simply search my iCloud documents right from the spotlight. So I drag down from the middle of my iPad screen and I start typing the name of the document and uh, it, it shows up almost immediately. Once you get these documents into a system that you're happy with, of course, you want to interact with them. You want to read them. You probably want to edit them. And there's just a, a never-ending list of apps that can do this. There's a couple of apps that are specific to viewing and editing PDFs that we're going to talk about. And we're going to talk about them really quickly. I, I think a PDF deep dive is probably going to be the topic of a future episode. But we wanted to just list a couple of options for you. Uh, and Craig, if you don't mind, I'm going to kind of reverse our outline here. I want to just brush on PDF Expert and PDF Viewer real quick, if that's cool with you. Um, because I think that these two apps are probably our top picks for traditional PDF annotating apps. These are the kinds of apps that are like your Adobe Acrobat. The kinds of things that, since there is no way on an iPad to work with a PDF natively other than to just simply view one. Uh, if you want to start scribbling on one, you're going to need one of these third-party apps. So PDF Expert is made by Readl, and it... You know, I'm actually going to correct you on that. Um, now with iOS 11, I think this happened in iOS 11, but if you open up a PDF from the Files app, you can annotate it, I think, straight from there. Oh, my so, gosh, you're right. Markup. Yes, markup. Yeah, um, it's not quite as feature-rich as what we're about to talk about, but you can definitely do it. 
I think you're right. So if you're trying to sign a document or scribble something over it real quick, yes, from the Files app or really any – it's like the native PDF viewer now. So what used to just be simply when you tap on a PDF, you get a giant blow-up of it that you can scroll through. Now you actually can have some really, really basic writing tools. So, yes, you are correct. I, you know, it's funny. I forget that that's there because I, I don't really like the editing tools. I almost ignore them. But they're there and, and are very handy if you just need to do a, a real quick markup. Now, if you want to get a little dirtier, you want to add some text fields, you want to add some stamps, um, PDF Expert is a really, really cool app. It has a lot of really great features. Um, my, one of my favorites is that it supports multiple tabs being opened at the same time. And you can really quickly navigate between your PDFs. The Mac version exists, which is great. There's a Mac version of this app. <laughs> and uh, I love having that sort of that feature parity between the two. I find PDF Expert one of the easiest PDF apps to uh, to kind of like change the structure, like the outline of your, not the outline, the order of your pages, like extracting pages, reordering pages, grouping pages, taking a bundle of PDFs and turning them into one. I just feel like they've really nailed the user interface for that. Uh, my one problem with PDF Expert, actually, there's two problems I have with it. The first is that you have to tap one or two buttons on the user interface to trigger into PDF annotation mode. And while the PDF annotation mode is really, really smooth and solid, like drawing on it with an Apple Pencil is smooth as butter, um, I like my PDFs to feel a little bit more like paper. And this is kind of one of the distinguishing features of these more traditional PDF apps is they do still function kind of in this old school manner of, okay, here you are, you have this document, here's some formatting tools, here's a little toolbar with a pencil and an eraser and a stamp, and you kind of have to trigger some things to get going with that, which some of the apps we're going to talk about a little later do not have that same kind of feel. Now, my only one other complaint with PDF Expert is that they currently do not support the iOS Files app, which means that when you open the app, you are not greeted with the view that a lot of apps, like if you use iWork on iOS, you the very first thing you see when you launch the app is a file browser that looks almost indistinguishable from the iOS Files app. And it allows you to pick from your same exact library of stuff that you've organized into all of your folders. And this is really crucial. Like if, if you think about it, if you were on a Mac and you opened a PDF editor, like you would see the open box, like the open dialog box. And it would be the same exact open dialog box that every other Mac app has. Now, of course, Microsoft Office does their own custom thing, like where you see this like recents and you see like templates and all this stuff. But I really love the feeling of an app that takes me immediately to the place where all of my work has already been organized. And PDF Expert takes a couple of, you can get to it, but you have to like tap a couple of buttons to do it. It initially presents you with its own custom user interface, which is sort of like its own separate walled garden of a file repository. Now, fortunately, that file repository does actually link into the iOS Files app. So when you're in Files, you can actually, along the left sidebar, you can see a PDF expert folder. So you can kind of get to those files in a way where they're integrated with all of your other stuff. But in general, it adds an extra step to the situation. 
which is a great transition into PDF Viewer because the reason that I switched from using PDF Expert to PDF Viewer is that PDF Viewer works with the Files app. And the first thing you see when you open PDF Viewer is the Files interface. And so you can really quickly, I can scroll to things in my OneDrive, in my iCloud Drive, and keep it, and open them up, annotate them, and those changes are saved right back to where they were, where the file was, just like on a Mac when you hit save. So, um, and PDF Viewer is free. They just, in the last couple weeks, have released an, a version 3.0 that has a subscription for pro features. None of the pro features appealed to me. Um, I've actually been on the beta for it and was testing out those pro features, and they're not any that I feel like most teachers would need, so the free version is completely adequate. Um, so I, I really recommend PDF Viewer. Yeah, I like it a lot. And there actually is, even though it's a little bit more, like I said, a, a traditional PDF tool, it does have a feature you can turn on where touching the Apple Pencil to the screen will in- immediately start writing with a pen tool without having to trigger an annotation mode. Yeah, that's really nice. So it sort of crosses over into this next category of apps, which <laughs> I don't know what to call this category of apps. I just call them paper apps. They're apps that make PDFs and drawing on PDFs feel to me as smooth as a paper and a pencil. And then with the added ability to kind of organize into books and folders. So the app that I use in this category, there's kind of two major players in this area. And the one that I use most often is called Notability. And Notability is a fantastic note-taking app in its own right. It's got some really cool stuff for students people who attend lectures and classes where you can actually record audio and then all of the notes that you draw and type align to that timeline. So like when you play back the audio, you can actually see your like an animation of you taking notes, which is cool. Like if you're in a lecture and you want to skip right to the part where in that lecture they were talking about a particular type of concept or word, you just simply tap on your note in notability on that word, and it'll skip exactly to the part of the recording where you type that note, which is kind of neat. It's one of, one of the nice selling features. But honestly, what I use it for is very simple. I use it to import PDFs into a note-taking environment where I simply just want to start scribbling with an Apple Pencil. And I use this app primarily for documents that I need to sign really quickly, or I, I use it actually for my seating charts. I've designed a seating chart for each of my classes that I import into Notability once a week, and I actually draw on this to take informal data on my students' progress. And then I later am able to set up my Mac, and because the Notability version on iOS syncs to the Mac version, I'm able to really easily review these informal notes as I compare them against a rubric and then import them into my gradebook sitting down at my desktop. Yeah, so the other app in this category is GoodNotes. And uh, I actually, I use GoodNotes a lot for presenting content in the classroom. So I will project up on the screen. Back when I was teaching second grade and teaching a lot of writing, I would actually use it to model writing. But uh, we can talk about that in another episode. In terms of going paperless and with PDFs, the main thing that I use GoodNotes for is editing my my own writing. I really like to... um, old school, instead of printing out 
and marking up with a red pen, something that I write, say, for, for my blog, um, instead of printing it out and marking it up with a red pen, I don't really want to just have a PDF clogging up my file system anywhere. So I will um, just export into GoodNotes and mark up with my Apple Pencil and edit my own writing and then just have good notes pulled up in split screen next to drafts or whatever I'm doing my writing in and go back and type up those changes. So um, it's really handy for that when you don't want to just have a folder of marked up PDFs that you're not going to look at again after you're done with that basic editing. Yeah, I think it's really good for that. These two apps are so similar. Um, I do appreciate that GoodNotes has a little bit more of an organizational concept to it. Uh, things like you can organize your notes into notebooks. You can have different categories, and uh, which is, I don't know, not quite like a tag, but it's just like sort of a an area that different notebooks and individual documents can be stored. Um, I like that element of it, but sometimes it also gets in the way. Like there's a time and a place for me to say, hey, here's a scrap piece of digital paper. I need to scribble on it and then be done with it. And that's where notability really helps me out. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I definitely used Notability before I used GoodNotes, and I don't remember what drew me to GoodNotes, but I've been so happy with it for my purposes. I haven't looked at Notability again, but I don't even remember anymore what the differences were that, that pulled me into GoodNotes. I think if you're a student, Notability makes sense because of all those really nice features it has for audio recording, but I find that a lot of teachers really appreciate good notes for those presentation tools, that ability to take that document and put it on the projector and then do something else on your iPad while what's on the screen remains fixed to the screen. I think that those are really compelling features. That is 100% what it was. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can keep, I can keep something else in split screen, but only what's in good notes stays up on the screen that the students see. Yeah, I think that's cool. Well, I think with a lot of these different workflows, like I, I have a feeling that our listeners are going to be able to strongly infer their own ideas about how they might look at this stuff. I mean, we talked about a few things. Like I mentioned that I do my seating charts from the front of the band class. And actually, if you recall last week, our lesson planning episode, I, you know, I'll often keep my seating chart on one side of the iPad and my Omni Outliner outline for the lesson on the other half of my iPad and split screen. Um, you know, we talked about the tab interface of PDF expert and how, you know, oftentimes for me, I'll, this is just another workflow. I'll keep when I'm on a field trip, I'll keep all of my different field trip related documents open in tabs in either good notes or in PDF expert. Like I'll have all the health forms in one tab. I'll have the the bus list in another tab, parent contact phone tree in another. And so, I mean, I think, these are some good ways to conceive of it. I mean, do you, do you have any ways that you're thinking about how, like just when you think about the iPad as the ultimate paper replacement, like what is the quintessential workflow that comes to mind? I mean, it's not so much a workflow or anything as just, it, it brings me peace of mind that I know where everything is. I, I don't have a giant filing cabinet in my classroom. Like a lot of my colleagues do. I don't have to worry about, bringing home reams of paper to organize. It's just, I I keep an iPad in my travel bag and I know where everything is. It, 
it eases some of the mental load of trying to keep up with things when I know that I've scanned everything and stored it somewhere digitally safely. Well, those are pretty good closing words. I, you know, I couldn't summarize the benefit of using an, a tablet for a paperless workflow any better than you just did. Uh, it's really changed the way we work, and in a short time too. I mean, you know, I've been using the iPad only for six or seven years, and it's uh, it's really done wonders for me. So we hope that I know we we talked about a lot today, but to you all who are listening, I really do hope that you're able to grab one or two things from this and that's going to help you on your paperless path. Absolutely. Well, Craig, I'm off to call Fujitsu and get my scanner fixed. And I am off to my classroom to laminate some some new materials for my new room. Well, to those listening, uh, we will see you next time. Until then, stay classy. And stay nerdy. <laughs>